0: Space is a big place. The human mind struggles to comprehend the distances involved with space travel in general. What is a light year? What is 10 light years? Is it even relevant when you have something like the E-drives powering starships as they're able to traverse entire sectors of the galaxy? Even something like a planet is incredibly massive, able to hide entire armadas of different ships on the backsides of them. Sensors generally work by tracking radiation emissions or heat, but space is both incredibly quiet and incredibly cold. Thus, you all but become a stealth fighter if you turn off your engines and recycle your environmental systems back into the ship itself. You might glow a little bit on an infrared scanner, but considering the temperature of the void is 2.73 kelvin or about negative 270 degrees celsius heat is generally the primary way of tracking spaceships since they have to well since smaller starships are able to enter into the atmosphere of a planet insulation is a big deal on a spaceship both to keep the heat in and the heat out during atmospheric re-entry An old space trucker like the Second Chance is not equipped with high-end recirculating stealth mechanisms. However, like all ships capable of atmospheric entry, the Second Chance does come equipped with a decent amount of insulation and radiation shielding. However, the environmental systems are not designed to run for an extended period of time without some sort of input from the core of the ship itself. Essentially, the space batteries on board are not very strong or long lasting. That being said, some ships are specifically designed with stealth in mind. Ships like the narrow, thin, black stealth ship which has been following the second chance since their departure from Oseus. This ship, these specifically designed stealth ships, don't admit any heat even when running, they essentially just blend in with the empty black void of space. A shadow among shadows, darkness moving across a backdrop of darkness. Of course, it is impossible to hide when a vessel engages its E-Drive and enters into the drift. The amount of radiation released in the act of tearing a hole, essentially through space, connecting two points through this well, still unknown and chaotic realm, the two ends of an E drive jump. What is known is the amount of radiation strange radiation too that gets released from engaging these E drives is theorized by some to be the cause of all the strange chaotic happenings that have grown increasingly more common as the years go by. As Nakor and the second chance sit attached to the backside of this space station. Every once in a while, a blinding laser flash shooting between the various ships still engaged in this small skirmish. I only have one question. Does the conflict end before the second chance needs to re-engage its core in order to keep the environmental systems on board functioning? We're pretty beat up. The ship has been out of maintenance for a while. However, it's a small-scale engagement. I think it's likely that we have enough energy in order to do so. We rolled a three. An exceptional yes. This tells me that Tinker has somehow designed a system probably utilizing the storage box below as a receptacle to store the excess CO2 or whatever that the system needs to scrub out of it in order to allow the life support system to keep functioning even when on battery backup. Perhaps he found a way to bypass that part of the system, thus allowing them an extended amount of time being able to sit in a stealthy mode. In fact, with that exceptional yes, that's now a thing that has been modded into the second chance. However, when this system is functioning without a breathing suit, Entry into the box, the, the storage area that the spaceship holds onto where Fatty is and and the various bits and bobs, along with Subject Alpha still floating, suspended with its brain in the jar. Entry into the box without a suit would mean certain death because of a lack of oxygen and its functionally being used to sequester carbon dioxide from their exhaling, effectively doubling the amount of time that the atmospheric processing scrubbers can run while just utilizing power stored up within the second chance with the core offline. A few hours go by as the battle outside comes to a natural conclusion. Being able to observe the skirmish in relative safety, obscured as they are on the backside of the space station with their engines turned off, Do Nakora and Petra, who are sitting in the bridge during this time, notice anything interesting? This will be a gather information roll, plus wits. Our wits is three. We rolled a nine and a three on our challenge dice, and a one on our action dice, giving us a four, which is a weak hit. The information provides new insight, but also complicates your quest. Envision what you discover, then take... Plus one momentum, which brings us up to a plus five. In order to find out what this complication is, I think we're going to roll on our action and theme. Twenty-seven, create. Twenty-two, deception, create deception. During the few hours they've had to watch this conflict, Nakor and Petra could tell that this station belongs to House Navi's. House Navis is traditionally the weakest of the major houses, yet the wealthiest. They've built a massive, sprawling trade empire, which probably includes this space station that the Second Chance is currently hiding behind. However, N'Kor has also uncovered that House Volterius has been attacking them recently, although doing so clandestinely, and in fact, as one of these ships goes flying past them the second chance suddenly speaks up sir ma'am i have done some analysis on that ship that just flew by and it is not house volterius like you've been talking about subject alpha or subject chance or whatever it wants to be called now suddenly speaks up interrupting their conversation what do you mean nakora says back We've already seen the conflict between House Volterius preying upon House Navis. That's clearly what's going on here. This is a Navi's trade center. No, Nakora. That was not a House Volterius ship that flew past. Even with the damaged specs on this, well, on me, I was clearly able to make out the heraldry on the side. Then Subject Chance goes quiet, Nakora growing freezingly frustrated with the... New AI-driven computer. Grunts in frustration. Out with it. If you're going to say something, at least finish your thought. There's just silence over the old tinny speakers. Oh, for fuck's sake, Petra says. "Nikora, what's the point of having this thing if it won't even... Ma'am, I am merely trying to make sure the information I provide you is accurate. I searched the databases on board this clunker. That helladry belongs to a a house-tectum. House-tectum? Nakora says, thinking, face scrunched up. One of the minor houses, right? He says, looking down at Petra. She looks back at him. Yeah, they are one of the minor houses. Historically, more focused on their own internal development, building up their very defensible, strong home world, and not really interacting with the other houses. But why are they attacking House Navis? It doesn't make any... She trails off on that thought. Nakora, is it possible... They're working with House Vulterius. Nakora simply sighs and sits back further in his captain's chair, watching the darting ships slowly tear each other apart, until eventually the battle moves far enough away that they detach from the space station and slowly drift out to the anchorage where they can engage the E-Drive. Waiting at the anchorage, unseeable with the naked eye or aspects, especially the shitty ones on board the second chance, lurks a thin knife-edged black ship piloted as we know by petra's twin sister amari good morning afternoon or evening and welcome back to one guy one role the solo role-playing podcast where i your host player and gm hero cities play role-playing games for your listening pleasure once again, we are diving back into Ironsworn Starforged, where we are following the story of the scavenger and general odd job man, Nikora Sokolov, aboard the second chance. I'm happy to be back and able to record for the podcast again. As it's become a reoccurring theme, I'm only home for a week this time before I have to go back out again for work and travel around as I do. It has become increasingly difficult to get more than one episode published a month. And for the time being, that is going to be my goal. And if I'm able to get any additional bonus episodes made, then that'll make me even happier. Anyways, as is tradition, we'll do a brief recap of last episode, which ended up running a little bit shorter than I intended after editing. There was a decent chunk kind of in the end that didn't quite have the quality of recording that I'm aiming for for the podcast, so I ended up just scrapping it and more or less kind of retold the story in a different way than it was originally in the introduction we just had for this episode. Anyways, last episode started off with the struggle within Subject Alpha as it's blurring the line between what is a human and what is a machine. As we know, Subject Alpha is a human-brain-machine interface, functionally, which had been struggling against the VI chance and has now officially emerged victorious, although changed. It's different now. It's no longer housed within the memory core of the computer that it was originally interfaced with, but now it is merged completely with the second chance and is now functionally existing within the spaceship it is the spaceship additionally this has allowed some of chance's personality quirks to be integrated with those of subject alpha itself functionally both subject alpha and chance are gone and they've now merged to become one entity which simply refers to itself as the second chance i suspect nakora might start calling it Subject Chance, just given our intro. Regardless, the rest of last episode concluded with Nakora and the crew of the Second Chance deciding they need to find some sort of safe anchorage where they can rest, recuperate, get some much needed repairs done to the ship, and just generally take a break from what has been almost non-stop action for the last couple of months. However, as usual... Upon the conclusion of our first jump into drift space, we ended up with a peril. A small skirmish between two forces they assumed were between House Navis and House Vulturius over an outpost, probably a House Navis trading outpost. Not wanting to get involved, since the second chance is really only armed with pretty rudimentary weapons and certainly no shields that are useful in combat, they killed the engines, and hit on the back side of this outpost on this rogue asteroid. The episode ends with a single line of text on the computer in front of Nakora, simply reading, Hello, Nakora. As we know, subject Alpha and Chance have officially merged into a new entity, simply calling itself the Second Chance. Beyond that, we do have a couple of clocks to keep track of. As you know, it has been... A while since we were at the Aegis Hold, controlled by the Brotherhood of Steel, who did let Nakora go free with the intention of him returning in 23 months after making some sort of discovery about who might be tacking the Brotherhood of Steel. We haven't really done much in regard to that, although I do think that our little discovery in the introduction will at least allow us to fill in our first ticks on that the discovery that House Volterius is working with House Tectum and possibly even other minor houses certainly helps shed some light on what is going on in the Forge as far as these inner political strifes are concerned. That will allow us to fill in our first box on this challenge. However, given the fact that three months have also passed, that gives us 20 months to finish our task, and I will fill in the first part of the pie on our 10-segment clock them to discover what's going on and return back to the Aegis hold. We also have one more clock, which we're rolling on. It has not been a lot of time. So I think it is very unlikely that it has progressed zero nine is a yes. So it does progress by one chunk, bringing it to five out of eight pieces filled. I will tell you without spoiling too much that it's going to be very interesting if this Clock gets completed while wow, Petra's sister is still hunting after us. Could certainly make for a very interesting scene. Anyways, with all the introduction stuff out of the way, I do want to thank you so very much for listening to One Guy, One Roll. And without further ado, let's get into it. Entering into the Drift, Nakora and the Second Chance are much more concerned about keeping under the radar. They don't want to be followed or tracked by any of the combatants that were engaged in the skirmish around the asteroid base. However, regardless of how well this role goes, Petra's sister's ship is equipped with a special device that will still be able to follow them regardless of where they end up when undertaking an expedition, unless, of course, we somehow get some sort of incredibly advantageous role. It's just the nature of the stealth spaceship that she is piloting. Anyways, Undertaken Expedition plus Shadow, which for us is a two. Two fours on our challenge dice and a three on our action dice plus two is a five. That is a strong hit with doubles, which first off allows us to mark three more boxes on our attempt to find a safe anchorage normally with strong hit with a match i would just give us an anchorage to begin with but instead as we drop out of the drift into the next anchorage in front of us we see a fiery energy storm raging across the dark void of space at first Nakora curses their luck and begins to try to beat a hasty retreat. But then something about the beauty, about the undulating, interconnected geometry of this storm invites him to take a closer look. For within this undulating storm of energy, they spot a ship, a ship that appears to just be floating there. Nakora calls for the AI to try and hail them. No response. Trying again, Nakora brings the second chance in closer as these twirls and twists of energy light up the sky, dancing across the exterior of this derelict ship. But their aspects, as damaged as they are, subject Alpha is unable to get a real sense of whether this energy is good or bad. All Nakora knows is they need to be quick. This vessel appears to be empty. This vessel, whether everybody's dead or fled, is sitting here. For how long is anyone's guess? As Nakora pulls up close to this floating derelict vessel, it becomes obvious that there's no sign of any kind of external conflict. There's no carbon scoring from lasers, no damage from an impact, nothing. This vessel appears to just be sitting out here floating in the cold darkness of space. What kind of vessel is it? A prospector so this derelict vessel is definitely larger than the second chance although it's not huge by any stretch of the imagination it's probably five or six sticks and on the outside it has these claw like grasping mechanisms which are used to secure asteroids during the mining process in order to transfer them into basically an ore hauler This is more of a mining ship as opposed to like an ore hauling ship. Think of like basically a very large backhoe at like a mine as opposed to like the dump trucks which move the extracted material around. This thing is probably very slow, has a crew of maybe 20, and is well equipped for spending a significant amount of time cruising around asteroid fields and essentially testing out different asteroids in order to find the materials needed for industry despite the industrial nature of this equipment on the back they can just make out the name it's called asia's tribute calling tinker up from the depths of the ship he stiffly makes his way into the flight deck looking out at this prospecting vessel drifting aimlessly through space You ever seen one of these before, Tinker? Nakor says looking over at him. I'm not familiar with these more industrial kind of ships. And looks around at the rather industrial nature of the second chance. Whatever you say, Cap. Anyways, nah. Maybe once in a while something like this would come in through the... Aegis hold, but... I was more working on the military grade ships, not these old industrial clunkers. Looks like a prospector to me. Probably run by one of the corps. Nakora nods his head. What about you, Chant? Subject- The second chance. What do you have to say? There's a long moment over the staticky speaker system. There's nothing of a ship by this name in the databases. Nakora, the robotic voice of the ship, comes back over the speakers. Once again, I tried hailing them with no response. Seems empty. Can't make out any life signs on board either. Nakora nods his head, looking down towards Petra. I reckon it's time we do a little away mission. See what's on board that thing. If there's someone home, we'll leave him to it. If she's empty, Nakora merely shrugs. You coming with? Petra shakes her head. No, Nakora. I'm going to stay here. Something feels off about this vessel. I want to stay here and make sure nothing untoward happens aboard the Second Chance. Be ready to go in case, well... She looks out at the fiery, red energy storm in the distance. In case that thing comes this way. McCor shrugs and begins to make his way down to the airlock below. Don't believe in me now, he shouts back up as he descends the ladder down. Petra merely shows him a wry smile in return as he disappears down to the bottom floor of the second chance. The airlock connecting to the derelict. Suited up in one of the spacesuits and with his trusty shotgun stubs at his side, Nakora's finger hovers over the airlock command. He tries the intercom on the suit and gets nothing but static in return. Smacking the side of his head on the wall, the thing crackles back to life. Hey, Petra, do you read me? It's Nakora. <laughs> How do you read? In a minute, static, Nakora, but it, come, can you... Her voice merely comes back a crackle. Looks like I'm alone on this one, Nakora sighs, as he depresses the button on the airlock, which hisses open, and he steps inside, closing the door behind him, and prepares to enter the derelict spaceship. We will be exploring a waypoint. Wrap this whole thing up into one simple roll. A roll plus wits. For us, a three. We got a 6 and a 5 on our challenge dice, and a 3 on our action dice, giving us a weak hit. On a weak hit, you uncover something interesting, but it's bound up in a peril, or reveals an ominous aspect of this place. Plus one momentum. As the door to this derelict spaceship opens, Nakor is met with something he did not expect to see. Nothingness. Pitch black inside of the vessel tower seemingly offline. It's cold, devoid of life, and completely out of oxygen. Nakora switches on his shoulder-mounted lamp, illuminating a thin beam of light through this space. However, the area is so obscured with dust, cold, frozen dust, floating through the air. At least it seems to be dust, according to what Nakora can see. Seems a little odd to Nicor that there's still dust, especially this much of it, just floating around. But given the lack of gravity and oxygen in this place, maybe it's not too surprising. Luckily, the mag boots on his spacesuit are still functioning as he continues to plod through this strange, empty, derelict spacecraft Moving aside various objects that were not secured that are now floating through the various rooms on this ship, Nakora soon discovers that he is in fact alone, at least on the first level of this vessel. There appears to be no one here. He even comes across a rack of spacesuits, seemingly unused, only one missing from the whole lot of them. And still, every room he goes into is completely clouded with this strange, almost milky-like dust that fills the air. As Nakora progresses further into the ship, the air gets more and more obscured by this strange floating matter, coating him to the point where he can barely see out of his helmet. Knowing that they shouldn't spend too much time here, Nakora first decides to head down, down towards the engineering section of the ship. That's where they're most likely to find something useful. And in fact, he stumbles across equipment storage, exactly what he was looking for. Besides equipment storage, it's also connected to a, almost like a, it's not like a science lab, but a material processing section where they can test the various ores and metals they find and discover what they are and whether they're useful. There's all manners of miscellaneous crap down here. A lot of it is junk, but... There's certainly some useful stuff down here, so much so that Nakor is able to secure a number of different pieces of equipment which will allow him to resupply the ship, which for us, since we're a scavenger, gives us a plus one and a plus one momentum on a hit, and if we get a match, really good stuff happens. So, we will be rolling plus wits as we scavenged this wreck using resupply, plus three. Still a weak hit, I'll take it. We roll a 10 and a 3 on our action dice and a 4 on our challenge dice, which plus our 4 is a 10. So on a hit, we take plus 1 momentum, bringing us up to 7. And we get to take plus 2 supply, bringing our supply up to 3. However, this equipment is bulky and heavy and is going to take some time in order to move up to the airlock and get it prepared to remove from this place. Unfortunately for Nakora, this strange white powdery dust that covers everything coats all of this equipment as well and as nakora continues to explore this vessel he makes his way higher and higher to different levels within the vessel till he makes his way into the various bunks where the crew would sleep due to the amount of time it took for him to haul the equipment up from the engineering room simply does not have enough time to really do a thorough search of anything else in this place. However, the higher up in the ship he goes, the more this strange, milky dust begins to coat everything. Venturing into one of these rooms, N'Kor could almost swear that in the gloomy, dusty bunks, one of them appeared to have a body in it, but it was so covered in this film of dust, of strange particles, that he could not tell. And running out of time and oxygen... Kor makes his way up to the bridge determined to find out what happened to this crew. What happened to this ship? And here, up in the bridge, he makes a discovery. Just outside of the door to the bridge, a man, well, what was once a man, now covered, almost to the point where Nakor tripped over him before seeing the distinct outline of a human on the floor, reaches down, turning him over the dust, the particles exploding off of the man's body and coating Nakora's faceplate. Using a hand to wipe it clean, Nakora glances down and feels the blood go cold in his veins. The man is clearly dead, though for how long Nakora knows not. One thing that is certain is the distinct growths that cover his face behind the cracked and destroyed face mask. Fungus. Strange. Large distinctively organic-looking mushrooms cover the man's face, and they pulsate and wiggle, and more of this dust, this pollen, these spores explode out of them. Dropping the man back to the deck, Nakor begins to fear that this ship, this derelict, should have been left alone for a reason. Whatever horrific fungal growth took over this place, it's clearly consumed. The rest of the crew. And with that, our episode fades to black as Nakora, standing in front of the door to the bridge, looks up at the destroyed panel, which would allow access into the bridge. Thank you, thank you so much for listening to One Guy, One Role podcast. I really enjoyed making this episode. This one was kind of fun. I had no idea where it was going to end up, and it Kind of ended up being a little bit more on the horror spectrum. Well, not really horror, but creepy. Had fun with that kind of content, something we haven't really done yet on the podcast. I do hope to be back in two weeks recording another episode. If all goes according to plan, that is when the next episode should be coming out. As always, I continue to make this podcast for all of you beautiful listeners to listen to and enjoy. And of course, provide any feedback or anything else about how I can potentially make it better for y'all to listen to. Of course, none of this would be possible without the incredible support from all of my Patreons over at patreon.com slash one guy, one If you're interested in helping to support the podcast and allow me to buy a little bit higher quality equipment, especially a new microphone... That's the next thing I'm really looking at purchasing in order to improve the quality of the podcast a little bit more. So, as always, I'd like to have a huge thank you to all of the members of the One Guy One Role Solo Role Playing Club. Thank you so much to Journeyman Matt, Journeyman James, Journeyman Stefan, Journeyman JL, Journeyman Nick, Journeyman Wes, and Apprentice Sam. You guys are the best. Really do appreciate all of the support y'all have provided throughout this entire experiment in the podcast and I've been doing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thank you to everyone who listens to One Guy, One Role. I do it for y'all. Thank you so much. I've been your host, Player, and GM Hero Have a great day and stay safe out there, y'all.